When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Geekscapers. Welcome to a brand new Geekscape. Um, sitting here with a good friend of mine, Robert J. Peterson. He runs CC2K online, which uh, which is basically like a movie. It's like what Geekscape does. Uh, yeah, like but movies smarter. and pop culture. Well, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know about that. But <laughs> it's the way, way smarter than us. Uh, that is being very, very charitable. Uh, if, uh, the only kind of uh, the major difference I would see bet- uh, between Geekscape and CC2K is that I, I, I feel like we cover a, a slightly wider swath of pop culture because we cover... Uh, theater and, and video games and stuff. Well, you guys cover video yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. Um, we love video games. Yep. And uh, books. We've got a like, we have a dedicated books, uh, books section that we do. Yeah. Did you say books? Books. I know, right? That's scary. No, yeah, right. We're gonna get into books. We'll get into books. But um, check it out. CC2KOnline.com. Dot com. Yeah. That's that's Robert's site, and uh, he's gonna be breaking down some stuff with me on this new Geekscape. Um, all right, so so Robert, um, you didn't totally just get into doing web, right? Like you started web design as a way to like pay the bills. That's right. You kind of got into it, but that's not like your goal, is it? No, 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 not at all. You're a dancer. I'm a dancer. Uh, <laughs> I, I like to move. I, I'm a popper. You may have seen me on, so you think you can dance. But I mean, what's what's your ultimate goal? Like, what, like, 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 what's keeping you like? like with this website, you know what I mean? Because I, I like running a website and everything, but yeah. you geekscapists know that you know it, it's just kind of there as a part of a voice to communicate with you guys, but we're still working on films, etc. What, what's, what's your thing? Uh, I want to be a novelist. But you are a novelist, aren't you? Wouldn't you say that? Like, what's, yeah. the, what's the argument there? It's like, well, you're writing a novel. Uh, you wrote a novel. You I wrote, mean, I've written, I've yeah. written several novels. Yeah, so uh, you're a novelist, right? I'm a novelist, what, yeah. Th- what does it take to be a novelist? Oh, I mean... Because you, you said, I want to be yeah. a novelist. What, what, what would you say t- it takes to be a novelist? Well, I will say this. Until, uh, until I have some kind, of, you know, some kind of publishing deal or something along those lines, I'm going to feel a little bit goofy about calling myself a novelist. It feels, uh, it, it, it feels a little pretentious and unearned uh, at this point. But at the, you know, so external validation. Yeah, you could say that. that sure. That sounds whack, though, doesn't it? Like, you need other bit. people to validate what you do. Oh, I, well, that's a very... That's a very good question, and I, I don't have a I don't have a great answer right now. You have self esteem problems. When do they start? Exactly. <laughs> when did your self esteem problems start? Uh, diaper era. I say. <laughs> when, when did yeah. you need other people to validate? I mean, I think that's I think that's a message that that I think a, a lot of geekscapists might help to to hear. Uh, is 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 um, you know, at what po- at what point are you are you valid in what you're doing? Well, let's get back to this external validation idea. Right. Like one of the reasons, and I. I'm not even sure if any of your audience knows like what I'm up to. Like I'm I'm self-publishing yes. one of my novels. That's I, right. We're yeah, gonna, yeah, he, guys, he's got a Kickstarter that's going on for his book, The Odds, which sounds pretty cool. It's uh, what would you call it? A post-apocalyptic future? Post-apocalyptic action comedy. Yeah. Action comedy. Action comedy. And now, now the, the like, people fight, but the way that they fight is through. Um, it 
It is a battle tournament uh, based around the rules of chess. Okay. Yeah. And how long is the book? Oh, uh, it's about it's about one hundred five thousand words, which is the length I would roughly compare it to like your average Elmore Leonard novel. Okay. You know, I mean, right. about two two hundred two hundred ten pages. Around okay. There. Yeah. So so in the future, people fight on. Like a ch- giant chessboard? No, what it is, it's um, it is a battle tournament, and it's something. It's in the line of the Running Man or Battle Royale, something like that, or mm-hmm. the Hunger Games. You know, one of those right. uh, you know kinds of titles. And the uh, uh, the hero of the novel, <coughs> uh, for various reasons, uh, he is in all kind of debt when the story when the story starts out, and he mm-hmm. needs to make a bunch of money really fast. So he enters this tournament, and the way the tournament works uh, is that uh, two people play an actual chess game, and every time there's a capturing move made. Uh, they send out these battle assignments to people just in this city. There's this kind of zone you have to stay in. Uh, and you are allowed uh, to fight these battles based on, based on rules depending on, on what piece you are. Mm-hmm. So the stronger the piece, the more firepower you can bring, uh, the less notice you have to give before attacking somebody. Like a queen can just like, come at you with everything she's got. You know right. what I mean? Uh, but if you're a pawn, you have to give like 36 hours notice, and you can only use like melee weapons and hand to hand. It's that kind of stuff, you know okay. what I mean? Knights can use flying apparatus, bishops can use poison, you know what I mean? Like right. that's um, rooks can use rooks can use uh, large multi-axle vehicles, but they can't use any any firearms. That's a limitation on them. So it's all based around that. And this mayhem grips this city for a while. But there's another uh, plot that picks up midway through the tournament that carries it out through the rest of the novel. And is this like the beginning of a series? It is the beginning of a series. I had originally mapped it out as a, as a trilogy, but I think it's going to wind up being four books at this point. Listen to you, getting well, all hobbit on us. Right? Yeah. You're exactly. like, yeah, two wasn't enough, let's we'll do three. Four. Three wasn't enough, let's do four. Let's do four, yeah. And um, in the Kickstarter, yeah. you, what, where's the Kickstarter going on? Let's see. I've got five days left. It, it deadlines at 6 p.m. Uh, or uh, I think 9 p.m. Eastern time on, uh, on September 14th. Um, I am at... I think fourteen twenty out of three thousand. That's where I am right now. So you got another half to go. About another half. Do you to think go. these things will pick up like in the next day? Like I hope people so. will be like, "Oh, let's go for it. We've got the finish line in sight." I I hope so. That's, what I, that's the voice I use on the internet. <laughs> that's the finish line. Right. It's, it's it's very muppety. Let's help them out. Let's go, everybody. Um, I know of plenty of Kickstarter campaigns that make a ton of money in the final stretch. Um, really, and I certainly hope that will go for me because it's not. I mean, geez, it's sixteen hundred dollars. It's not even that much money. Right, you know? and in how much? Uh, like, what what do this go towards? Uh, it's going to go toward uh, mainly a small press run of the book. Uh, okay, that's actually be, print run, like a print run. An actual print run, yeah. Just a small boutique uh, run of the book, uh, which which is like the centerpiece of it. Uh, and then after that, it's going to go towards uh, online marketing and mm-hmm. hosting costs. I host all my own websites, including the right. website for this novel. Right. And that's, you know, that ain't hay. So it's, it's going to go to defray those costs as well. Okay. All right. Well, it's a good cause. Uh, Geekscapists, you have the mission. All right. I think you should choose to accept it. Yeah, I could tell you um, about some of the rewards, too. Yeah, what, what, what would some of the Geekscapists get if they invest in this? Well, I mean, uh, obviously a signed copy of the novel is, is, uh, is at 30 bucks. You can get a sneak preview of the second book in this series, which is called The Remnants. Okay. Um, if you want to kick in a bit more, uh, you can get some original artwork from the comic artist Tess Fowler, who's fantastic. I think she's a friend of Geekscape and a friend of all of us. Um, the Kamikaze Expo is coming up, mm-hmm. and for 25 bucks. You can get a weekend pass to Kamikaze along with uh, a bunch of other stuff like uh, uh, the sneak preview of The Remnants, uh, a bundle of concept art that I'm putting together for the book, um, uh, a digital bundle, which would be like the EPUB editions of the book, stuff okay. like that. So it's pretty cool. All right. Geekscapers, you have your mission. Uh, you got to go to, what's the website? Oh, it's uh, uh, kickstarter.com. 
Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Oh, I, I, oh, I. Don't you have just a, a website for the odds that you can oh, get yeah. the Kickstarter from? The, the oddsnovel.com. That's it. The oddsnovels.com. You can find the Kickstarter through that. The oddsnovel.com. Yeah. Oh, well, speaking of kamikaze, we're on a panel together on, at 5 p.m. on Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Can't wait. We're doing comics and comics. Yep. And you've been, you were on the last comics and comics on, at the improv. Yep. Uh, that was awesome. It was a, so much fun. You did a really good job. Thank you. You too. You helped out. You helped out. So usually with comics on comics, and like I love Vito and Juan, but I'm like, I don't know anybody they put on it. Right. Sometimes, like <laughs> sometimes the creators, like I don't know who these guys are. Yeah. You know. Um, but uh, Steven Siegel, who works at Man of Action Studios, was on the one with us, and he's awesome. He was great. He was, that was really my cool. introduction to Steven, and it, that was cool. And yeah. um, and like Marv Wolfman, the, one of the ones before, I was like, oh, cool. Uh, and then I've been reading this history of Marvel book, and so I'm reading all about like Len Wein and Marv Wolfman, yeah. like being editors over at Marvel and. How Len Wein like lunged at somebody during an argument, and Marv Wolfman like have, tried to key like keep him apart, and like I was like, damn, I wish I'd known all this stuff before I had had him on comics and comics because no I would love to ask him about these things. We do have um, uh, some a pretty good panel coming up. We've got uh, Thomas Jane, who uh, you know was in a movie kind of called The Punisher, right. uh, and what, he did what, that short film recently. He did that short film kind of based on The Punisher. Uh, I'm being loose in my terminology because a Punisher movie for me has to walk a pretty thin, like pretty narrow line. I, I would love to hear what you have in mind. We're yeah. going to talk about it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and also uh, Michael Uslan. Yeah. And oh, I am reading his book. It was great. Michael Uslan is the producer on all the Batman books. Like He's the guy who believed in Batman and said, you know what, um, this could be a great film franchise. And I'm not talking about doing it like the TV show. Throughout the 70s, in the early 80s, Michael Uslan wanted to make a proper... Batman movie, and he's the guy who said Tim Burton. He's the guy to do Batman. Oh yeah, yep. you know, and uh, and I mean he's been on the franchise ever since. Yep. You know, he's he's been through through it uh, thick and thin. Yeah, he's been through the Schumacher. He's been through the Nolan. Oh yeah, and he's going to be on our panel as well. So it's Robert, it's me, it's it's uh, Thomas Jane, and it's Michael Uslan. So far, I think they're going to try and add a comic to it. There's one a comedian. Yeah, the, there's one more guest they added last night. I could pull it up on my text message here. Uh, oh really? From Vito. Yeah. They, they didn't added, text me. They didn't text me. They didn't do text the, the host. They didn't want me to do research. Good. No, I'm yeah. kidding. Let me, let me pull what up is the a name. Surprise? They should walk him to the panel like like with a, a bag over his head. Over and his head. Be like, yeah. Surprise. Check you it to, out. You have to talk to this guy. Yep. Who is ha- it? Have fun Googling him on your iPhone. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Uh, Heath Corson, uh, friend of Stan Lee and a very funny guy. Okay, for, cool. For Vito Lapicola, yeah. Okay, so that guy's going to be joining us. Yes. All right, perfect. I'm, Excellent. I'm, I'm down with it. Thanks for the text, Vito. I'm yeah. kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's just bust his balls. Um, all right. Well, uh, if you guys want to be a part of that panel and come watch it, it's 5 p.m. at Kamikaze. On Saturday. On Saturday. Yeah. Saturday at 5 p.m. I think I'm also hosting a Fangoria panel, but I don't know. I'm, oh. ho- I'm hoping it's not at 5 p.m. on Saturday. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have to ditch it. Um, and then um, our buddies in Fanboy Comics are doing a panel, I think, at the same time. At the same ours. time, yeah. It's about indie publishers. Indie, about indie publishers. And Brian so, Dillon, who's the chief over at Fanboy Comics, is going to be on uh, is going to be on that panel. You, you might have to sit on that panel because you're an indie publisher. Uh, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. by then you'll have made your Kickstarter. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, we'll get into the uh, Thomas Jane Punisher stuff, but the the, the thing is with, uh, with 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 this mindset thing, I, I got to get to the bottom of you, Rob. Yeah, we have. I'm, I'm really like I can't like you are a novelist. You've published. You, you've you've written several public uh, yeah. like novels. It, it it takes a couple clicks for you to then e-publish them, okay. get them to an audience. So okay. like, what's keeping you from doing that? I know I know I know this Kickstarter is for printed versions of the book to get it into traditional stores, et cetera, right. et cetera. And I think that's that's a good thing to do. 
but e-publishing this stuff, doesn't that make you a novelist in your definitions of getting it to an audience? It absolutely does. But bear in mind, one of the things that, uh, oh, geez, there's a whole lot larger conversation here about. Your about mother. The, about and my your mom. father. About my dad. And the kids on the block who used to make fun of you. <laughs> no, no, no. It's about the contortions that the publishing industry is going through, which you're a filmmaker. Yeah. We have friends in the music industry. Every one of these creative industries is going through these changes right now, including publishing. Mm -hmm. um, and self-publishing uh, is changing a lot, largely for the better. You know what I mean? We've got better writers involved in this, uh, in this world. They're putting out a better product. Um, but one of the things uh, that I want to have through the traditional publishing world uh, eventually is to work with a really great editor. That's just something that in self-publishing, like I've got great beta readers. Don't get me wrong. Right, I, right. I'm a really, you know, I, I'm serious about my rewrites, but I, I, I'm never going to be able to work with a really world-class editor except through the traditional, you know, New York publishing house model, and that's that remains a goal of mine. You know, and I want to, you know, if, if, if anything, I would want to have a foot in both worlds, uh, just because one of one of the complaints about the traditional publishing model uh, is that it's not always so great for, for authors. The royalty agreements are sometimes pretty, pretty stringent and stuff like that. And, uh, however, by contrast, in the self-pub world, the royalty agreements are great. I, you look like you're falling asleep. No, no, I'll, no, I'll no, uh, uh, no, no, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, but uh, in the self-pub world, the, uh, the royalty agreements are great. But obviously the rub there is like... There's a lot of crap. There's a lot of crap out there. How do you compete with it? You yeah. Know? So I, if anything, I would love to have a foot in both worlds as I, as I move forward. And I'm just frankly curious to see what it's going to look like when the dust settles. Right, you know? yeah. right. I mean, will the dust ever settle? I, it, it, I mean, this could just be it. I mean, well, this could be the new of it. You know what I mean? It could be. Well, let's, why create a new civilization from the ashes? Let's let's look at the music <laughs> industry. I know we have to band together. I mean, I, mean, I mean, the music industry is like like, you know, has that normalized? I feel like it has. I mean, I feel like the you know like they killed Napster, which sucked. You know yeah. what I mean? But. Apple came along and was no, like... No, no, hey, wait, what do you mean it sucked? I like that they killed Napster. No, no, it, uh, you like that they killed Napster. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I, I'm against piracy. Okay, well, uh, that's a whole other... Well, I mean, what do you think? You think it democratized music? No, 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 don't put words into my mouth. Here, here's the thing. Uh, I think that the reason why piracy exists uh, is because there aren't uh, good enough delivery models to get stuff to consumers. Apple understood that. A Apple, among others, understood that built the iTunes store, and that was a really good delivery model to get music to, and, and a lot of media to consumers at like sure. a, cheap, a cheap price. Sure. It's easy to get. You can download it right away. And I think like the traditional entertainment industries just need to get on board with these new, with these new media uh, uh, delivery models, or they're going to be in some really deep trouble, I say. I that was, that was the safest way to say that he completely supported piracy no, i'm kidding so, <laughs> cc2k was built out of a pirate site wasn't it don't lie to me don't I, lie to me it was don't lie to me forgive me Internet. don't lie to me you had fucking limewire running 24 7 when you were in college weren't you don't you lie to me always don't you lie to me pirates bay limewire <laughs> jesus i haven't thought of that in years <laughs> yes you have mm. um wow uh I, I think i think what you said it actually does justify this stuff and i mean we're not against digital distribution i'm i'm against not giving people who create stuff of course they yeah, do absolutely how okay did you see do you know the online comic the oatmeal no okay it's a great online comic and he wrote this wonderful uh comic about this very uh, about this very topic and he walked us through his experience trying to get uh, the show game of thrones right online and it echoed the experience of me and a lot of my friends where like for example like when my girlfriend and i want to go and watch a movie you know like on a date night at home yeah. Um, you know, we'll go to Netflix, uh, instant, yeah. we'll go to Amazon instant. Yeah. Um, we'll go to the iTunes store. Yeah. 
And then when those three avenues are exhausted... What do you mean they're exhausted? There's so much damn content on there. No, no, no. But if there's one thing we want to watch, okay. like Game of Thrones, which All is right. not available through any of those channels... Get you know HBO. I mean? Why yeah. are you taking money away from HBO? They're the ones who create it. No, no, no. Here. Okay. So you can't get HBO. No, no, no. Walk me... Okay, hear me out. Here's the All thing. All right, Chief In Skate. order to get HBO, I have to subscribe to the entire Time Warner cable service to get that one channel. Jonathan, last foot no no last football season I was without exaggeration on the on my phone with my credit card in my hand telling the people at Time Warner I will give you money right now to let me subscribe to espn3.com and that and that option isn't available yet. Right, right. That, you, that doesn't make any sense. So you you know? you're suggesting an a la carte model. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean that's what you're suggesting and, totally. and and I think you are right. I I think that it is going there. I think so. Yeah. Music's gone to an a la carte. Channel, you don't have to buy mm-hmm. every record label's band yeah, to get right, a, exactly. a band. Yeah. You never did, really. But yeah. All right. Well, let let's see how you do on the uh, Punisher movie argument. Okay. okay. Last night, I'm sitting there on. I kid, she came in from roller derby. <laughs> my, my friend Vanessa, she she skates in the LA Derby Dolls. Have you been to roller derby? What? It's female roller derby. No, it's like, I, it's I like know, they're rolling yeah. around this rink. What and is her like last a, name? There's Vanessa? a scoring system. Uh, Vanderplum. Oh, she's okay. a stunt woman. I don't know. She's okay. really cool. But uh, she she's my wife and I uh, went out and. Uh, and watched her skate, and my wife introduced me to the uh, the actress who plays the girlfriend of Kenny Powers on Eastbound and Down. Sweet, because like I have a total crush on her. Why? Why would she, yeah. she was like a couple rows in front of us, and my wife was like, "Just go talk to her." And I'm like, "Shut up! No, I'm not gonna do this." I, I just gonna my wife like dragged me over there, and she's like, "My husband loves you," and then she's like waving at me. She's like, "Come down and talk to me." And I'm like, "Oh my yeah. god, this is so embarrassing." Uh, but she was very sweet, uh, very nice. She said her name, but I was too frazzled to remember. Uh, I'm an asshole. She was super nice. I'm the asshole. No, no, no. Um, so I come in last night, and you and Regina, and over at Kamikaze uh, on Twitter, are talking about Thomas Jane's Punisher, right? And Warzone, the Ray Stevenson one, right? And Dolph Lundgren's Punisher, and this and that. And I'm sitting there going, "Come on, guys! Like, I, I understand Regina has to be nice to Thomas Jane because he's a guest now, at Kamikaze, panel, yeah. and all that stuff." And, I, and I'm sure, sure, I'll be nice to Thomas Jane too. Yeah. But this Punisher, the Punisher, a good Punisher movie has yet to be made, and I say okay. good, like a good movie, a movie that you are okay watching. I am with you. Has yet to be made, I, and, and and here come here's the danger with Twitter. All of a sudden, all these nutcases are coming in, and they're talking about right, right, right. Yeah, but what about this scene? I'm sorry, but a rocket launcher explosion scene in Punisher Warzone doesn't make it a movie worth watching. It makes it a YouTube clip. Uh-oh. They just spent tons of money to make a YouTube clip. You understand that, people? Right. right. A YouTube clip. When Sean Madden, one of our writers, gets on there and is like, "Yeah, but Warzone." Better than the Thomas Jane Punisher. Oh, what did I? I equated it to yes, but getting peed on is better than getting shit on. No, it's still miserable. No, no, but, and also I don't think Warzone is better than the Thomas Jane Punisher. I don't either. Neither of them is uh, is successful. What I would contend is okay. that is that there is that there are elements of both movies that uh, that I like. Uh, what what ten second segments? No, I don't mean that. I'm talking about <laughs> like what, no, what elements? I'm talking about casting choices. I'm talking about okay. Uh, who, who's your Punisher? Um. Well, between the two, oh, geez, I hate to say this going into the panel, but I preferred Ray Stevenson. And the yeah. reason why was because, uh, mainly because uh, he registers uh, as so much older than Thomas Jane. Hell, they right. could be the same age, but right. Ray Stevenson just looks older, and he more credibly passes as a, uh, as a Vietnam vet, which I think is a really important part of, of that character. Yes. 
Um, I also, uh, and, and here's the thing, like, I really like the visual aesthetic of Warzone. I, like, I loved how saturated the colors were. I, I felt like the, the... They didn't push to, towards Batman and Robin for Lexi you? Lexi Alexander? Um, yeah, it was Lexi Alexander, but, but, the, but the colors, to me, felt like they were kind of... It was too much? It, well, it was condescending. It, oh. was, like, it was like, oh, okay. yeah, you get it, it's a comic book. Why are there bright colors in this? Uh, okay, fair it, enough. It looked like Batman and Robin with that, with that color saturation. Well... You're Put not, the gels away. Okay. Let's go home. Let's make this a gritty oh, crime book. Okay. Um, I wasn't quite done with what I was saying. I know. But I Welcome wanna, to Geekscape. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but, but let me dovetail on what you just right. said. And here, here was the problem with, with both Punisher movies uh, that I think is, is what they're missing out on in making the Punisher is right. that that character on screen, I think, uh, to really work, it's got to be less John Matrix, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in Commando, yeah, yeah, yeah. less John Matrix and more John McClane. And, yes. here, and here was an element of the Thomas Jane Punisher that I really liked. And because I just rewatched it the other day because of the panel and all that mm -hmm. stuff, I wanted to be ready. And in the final like action scene, his big like assault on the building where he's shooting yeah. everybody up, there are a few moments where, where, where the way that Thomas Jane plays it, he looks really freaked out. He's got this look on his face like, oh man, I completely bit off more than I could chew. Right. And that's where it should be. It should be realistic. This should look like some crazy fucking enterprise this guy is up to. It should not be this unstoppable monster that no one, you know, that you know that no one has any idea like how to address. It should it should carry that element with it. I feel like does that make sense? And pursuant it does. to that, pursuant to that, let me throw this at you. Makes sense, but but, uh, I, hang on, but hang I'm on. not agreeing. Let, let me throw a visual aesthetic at you for a, for a good Punisher movie. All right. It is the original RoboCop. Hear me out. Okay. A buddy of mine, uh, uh, Ian, um, Ian Marks, who is a cinematographer, right. the, th uh, the way that he explained it, the reason why the original RoboCop works so well as science fiction is because it is shot in such a dry, almost documentary style. The, the lighting is totally natural. There's none yeah. of that super saturated bullshit. You know yeah, what I mean? That and, really and, took, me, took it out of me in Warzone. Right? Yeah. And, and the original RoboCop, that's one of the reasons why the sci-fi elements of that movie hold up so well is because it's shot in such a regular, normal fashion. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel no, like, I like, and I feel like a, a successful Punisher movie, shit, RoboCop is kind of the best Punisher movie we've yeah. got. When I saw you know Narc, I mean? when I saw Joe Carnahan's Narc, like, I, thought, I was like, why isn't this dude doing a Punisher? Oh, yeah. That, like why isn't the like yeah. why isn't this what a Punisher movie looks like? When I when I watch no, something like Narc, Narc could be great. Yeah. Like, you don't need to spend a, a shitload of money to make a Punisher movie. No, I mean, all. if Marvel did an indie version, yeah. if, if, I mean, obviously it's at Lionsgate right now, but oh, right, the, right. the property's at Lionsgate. But if, if, if like for an indie, do a, do a Punisher with an indie. Like why yeah. are you, why are you risking a Punisher to compete with the other Marvel movies? You don't can't do compete with the other Marvel don't movies. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Do it in an indie fashion. Strip it down, and what I said last night on Twitter was, if 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 you have Walter Hill able to do these movies in the seventies yeah. with, with 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 the Death Wish movies, why can't we do it today in the two thousand tens? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like I think a Punisher movie like is actually being overworked. I think people are overanalyzing. I think they're going too much to the source material from the yeah. last ten years when really the source material should be from the last thirty years. I sure. mean, the Punisher story is his you know it is a new york story i think obviously i, I mean uh, supposedly the idea was that they were going to shoot punisher the, the thomas jane one in florida because of contractual obligations to uh john travolta terrible choice i mean he makes his he may, you know he lives in, in florida yeah so but, he wants to so he doesn't want to travel the, the comedian jackie cation put it best like tampa it's like visiting the inside of someone's mouth yeah, like the city has no personality. Like, like I mean, why I to, would, why I would you Tampa, but it's got no personality. I mean, right. Come on, like that versus New York, forget about it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so the, right there, it didn't feel like no, Punisher. No, no, I mean, you no. got the Punisher doing all these weird dialects at the beginning of the movie. It's just like, come on, guys, let's let's 
it's not making him an undercover officer. Da, da, da. Oh, and it, no. There was a script. I, re- I read the original script, and yeah. like, there's a whole sequence in uh, the Middle East and stuff like that where he's like, you know, he's got a squad and this and that. But still oh. not the Punisher story. In the Thomas Jane one, I think they played him as a guy who had fought in like Afghanistan. That's or it. Like that. That's yeah, it. Yeah, okay. and, and there was an entire opening in the script. But I'm right. like, listen, guys, a, a Punisher movie, and, and this is where I do think that he is. He does kind of develop into a monster and a force of nature, and he does kind of it is. I, I think that the 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 tone that you saw in the late stages of the Jane Punisher that you liked, I think that that tone is your, is your inciting against. I think that's a going away present to the, to the character. In, mm. in, as far as I would, like, when I was thinking about like, like the Punisher movie and when yeah. I would do a Punisher movie, you don't see what you saw past page 50. Okay, all right. That character dies just like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. And when, you, that, when the credits roll... Right before the credits roll, you realize that this guy has just put a, a, a bullet in everybody responsible for the death of his family, et cetera, sure. et cetera. And that with every bullet you think as an audience, we're going to get that man back. Yeah. But with every bullet, you actually get that man further away. You know Absolutely. what I mean? That, that yeah. man actually slips away. So in the last scene, when you realize he's put the bullet in the last man responsible and that, that his revenge is complete... You think, okay, well, maybe this guy's going to come back to us, and all you end up doing is putting more bullets in the no, gun, no, no. closing the door, and leaving. And you realize you've actually, you're actually watching the, the origin of like a monster. You're watching the origin of like a Jason Voorhees, or you're watching the origin of a, of a, of a horror monster. But it, it, you know, in, in that, you're actually watching, you're actually watching someone's epitaph the entire time you're watching the movie. That's like really that, good. Per- that, that person was killed with his family, That's and you're watching his ghost in any sentiment he has left. Yeah. And it, that sentiment is gone by the end. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Like, it, and, and that's a Punisher movie. There, there yeah, is no, yeah. there is no Thanksgiving dinner with the people down the hall. There's no PG thirteen. Oh, but I disagree with you there. There's, <laughs> I disagree with you there, and I can uh, tell you PG-13? why. PG thirteen? Not PG thirteen. The Thanksgiving dinner with the people. Down oh, come on now. That's no. silly. It's silly. No, no, no. He, hear me out. Okay, first of all, um, I really, lo- I'm actually reading that stretch that Garth Ennis, uh, Ennis wrote. Also, what I title. wouldn't base on a, a Punisher movie. Is any of his material? No, I would base it on Jason Aaron's more, more recent Punisher Max. Punisher Max is great. Okay, well here's the, okay. He, here's why I like right. the stuff in the apartment building is that one of the things that as a, as as a teenager when I was reading the Punisher, it, it's funny. I've always been a DC person, but the one title that I read the most over the years was the Punisher, and that was right. always my window into the Marvel universe. Um, and one of the things that I that always really attracted me to the uh, to the character was You're that the Punisher. Hate. That's why I was filled with hate. Was that the Punisher and his and his entourage? Uh, they were this uh, this uh, this island of misfit toys. They right. were all of these wounded creatures that huddled together uh, because they needed friends. And going back to that apartment building and the kooks who lived in it, uh, I thought I, that was one of the parts that I liked the most about the Thomas Jane film was that it really it really tapped into that island of misfit toys uh, vibe that I liked so much when I when I read the title. Rebecca Romaine Stamos the, is not the mousy neighbor down the hall. God no. You know who they should have cast. The same girl who plays her, his pimp and hung. I th- oh, she's I, I, great. I, I thought yeah. that because like, she was in Happiness. Yeah, remember her in Happiness, that actress in Happiness, and yeah. I was like, man, she should play this character. No, As I'm reading to... the Garth Ennis stuff, I was like, she should play this this character. They cast right. Rebecca Romaine Stamos, and I was like, come on. No, no, it was all wrong. No, no, no. I mean, come she's on. this gorgeous woman just mm. down the hall. Yeah, you well, know. Well, Tom, if you're Not listening, if you're, hung, if you're listening, Tom, we don't, we don't we don't follow you. No, no, no. In fact, Thomas Jane is good. It's a good. It's good casting. He, it's not his fault. But it's PG thirteen. You know? It's it's pulled punches. Boo, boo, and I think Tom boo. would yeah. agree that punches don't get pulled yeah. on the Punisher. Can we also agree that the that the splatter porn aesthetic in Warzone is god awful and wrong? It just doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. Let me. It let, becomes Rambo. It doesn't matter. Exactly. And it becomes me, YouTube clips. It becomes YouTube clips. So that's the, that's what I think about that. Um, you were gonna add. One thing I was gonna add is that I. Um, this was a couple of years ago on CC2K. I reviewed the movie The Expendables, which I didn't like, and it also had that splatter point aesthetic going on. Yeah, you it's know, a like movie every, you see once. Every gun, yeah, every yeah. gunshot was like a gout of blood. And the yeah. thing is, like that kind of violence, one, it doesn't matter. It's I'll two, see Expendables two, two twice, but only to fast forward to the Van Damme parts. Exactly. Um, <laughs> one, one, it, it doesn't matter. Two, it's cartoony. And three, really effective violence on film is. I mean, like, one thing about it's personal. It's personal. It's shocking. Let me tell you one scene that I always hearken to as an example of an incredible use of violence on film, even though you can barely even see anything. You remember that scene in Goodfellas where, uh, where Henry Hill gets home and Lorraine Bracco, I'm getting the names mixed yeah, up, yeah. was just like, oh, this guy across the street, like, you know, like he came on to me and that stuff, and he, he walks across the street and pistol whips him. Yeah. Do you remember how, like, fucking shocking that scene yeah, is it's, still um, to this day? It's incredible. The, yeah. the, the best stabbing in film is The Conformist. Bertolucci's The Conformist. Like, there's a scene in Conformist where yeah. The Conformist, the main character has to kill his college professor, yeah. who's now like, like basically the fascist party in Italy has hired him to go out there and assassinate him. He can't do it himself. He gets a swarm of unseen people to go and stab him in the woods. And all the stabs are off, like, all the stabs are hidden. Yeah. You don't see it, but all you can see is the conformist not even able to look out his window and see his professor getting killed. And it's like, it's so, like, it, it says everything about the character, yeah. right? Yeah. Violence should say something about the character. Absolutely. Every shot, everything should say something about the character. Absolutely. And yeah. I'm not saying that, that you lose Frank Castle. In my version of The Punisher, you don't lose Frank Castle. You live with a ghost. Yeah. And he's doing this. Yeah. And he's, he might as well be giving him a, a shovel to hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? And how many Punisher movies do you have to make? I mean, granted, like, like this stuff, come on. You gave Joel Car- Carnahan, like, you know, uh, he was running around with a 16 millimeter camera or something like that for NARC. Like, yeah. <laughs> like let's do it. Do it like that. Let's do something right. Yeah, absolutely. You well, know? I'm with you. It doesn't take much. Um, do you that, think I'm less crazy now? I, I, I mean, don't. Like I, I do. I do. I do. Okay. I, I've never. I've always thought that that, that you were <laughs> like your opinions were sound. <laughs> you know, the rest Likewise. of the comics and comics people. We'll see about them. <laughs> we'll see about them on the 15th of September at Comics and Comics at Kamikaze at 5 p.m. Hell yeah. There's a new Green Lantern. He's Muslim. He does not carry a gun, regardless of what the cover of Green Lantern Zero says. Does he not carry a gun? Why would he, he need a gun? He doesn't carry a gun. Like, this yeah. guy is a car thief who's trying to pay for his wife, his sister, who yeah. has a, his, like, single mother. And he gets picked up by the Green Lantern because he can't do... The Green Lanterns... The, the Lantern is all screwy, and it's reassigning the Lanterns in a weird way. I was going to ask, why does he get inducted? Like, it's Hal Jordan's. It's Hal Jordan's ring. What? Hal Jordan got sucked into, like, death by the Black Hand. He and Sinestro got sucked into death. Oh, okay. And Black Hand sucked him into, like, a death vortex. So technically Hal's dead, but you don't see Hal die. You just see him get stuck in... He's stuck in, like, this limbo. Phantom zone. Yeah, he and and Sinestro are stuck in this limbo. And, And the ring ends up on this finger of this Muslim kid who is, you know... uh he, he's being questioned by the police because he stole a van, and the van ended up having a bomb in it. He didn't know the bomb was in the van when he okay. stole it, but it doesn't really help a Muslim guy to have that on him. Sure. Um, and and then the you know the, the cops were like, the Green Lantern ring just broke this guy out of jail. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? And like, that's the that's the twist. But on the cover, you see him carrying a gun. He does not carry a gun. Thank goodness. Why yeah. does he carry a gun if he has something that can create green constructs? Totally. Like, uh, no. Yeah. Your imagination is their gun. Um, 
Well, how is the character playing so far? I, I, haven't, read, I, I haven't read. Listen, that. I'll read anything that Doug Mankey draws. I like love that it's guy. so well, so well drawn. Agree. So Green Lantern Zero. If Him you guys and Ivan Rice, like through that whole run yeah. on the Blackest Night, I, I love know. their art. I love Ivan Rice. Geekscape. If you're yeah. looking for a jump on point to Green Lantern, I think Green Lantern Zero might be a good one. All right. It's a brand, brand new Green Lantern. Try it out. Give Doug it Mankey's artwork is worth watching. Yep. Is worth reading the whole thing. Um, you wanted to mention a movie that you uh, you saw last week that uh, I think is great for all the budding filmmakers out here in the audience. Uh, are you talking about the celebration? No, I'm talking about side by side. Side by side. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, Keanu Reeves made this documentary called Side by Side. Yeah, uh, he he produced and he hosts uh, this documentary where he talks with a slew of. Uh, and just about everybody, filmmakers and cinematographers and editors, uh, just about the progression in film uh, from from film, from celluloid to video and DV and electronic format. Talking about people like James Cameron, we're talking about everybody, right? Everybody, David Lynch. I mean, he, I mean pretty much, uh, you know, George Lucas. I mean, pretty much the only major omissions as far as filmmakers were uh, Francis Coppola and Steven Spielberg. Hey, he talks to Scorsese, he talks to everybody. talks to Scorsese, yeah. everybody, yeah. Um, and it's really fascinating. Uh, he's a very good interviewer, and uh, it's really interesting to see um, everyone from from newcomers who are stodgy yeah. to old timers. Oh God, this I forget her name. The lady who edited uh, Lawrence of Arabia, yeah, yeah. just this ancient lady. She who refuses just, to accept digital. No, no, no. Oh, she was just like, well, it. it took me a while to learn it, but as soon as I figured it out, it was fine. You know, what I mean? <laughs> yeah, seriously, and she yeah. was just like, I didn't understand. I thought a mouse was something that ran across the floor. She's adorable. I mean, why not? While we're and while we're she talking, edited Lawrence of fucking Arabia. Right. Well, you know while I mean? we're talking about it's the, a really great doc. The transition of yeah. creative mediums. Sure, I think sure. This might be a, a documentary worth checking out. Face to face, I think it, it, it's opening at Toronto, but okay. you can get it on demand or something right uh, now. Uh, side by side, side by side, that's what it is. Side and by you, side, and you can get it on demand. Yeah, on demand. It's worth checking out, filmmakers. I'm going to go and, and uh, check it out when uh, Robert leaves. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, it's worth watching. I've wanted to see it for a while. It's premiering at Toronto, which is kind of cool that it's got a festival and a, and a VOD uh, on demand um, release a, at the same time. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, Robert. Awesome yes. having you on the show. Hey, likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Um, CC2K Online, also theoddsnovel.com. That's where you want to check it out. Um, but he's only got a few days left in this Kickstarter, guys. So start throwing some, start throwing some money. All right, especially if you want this novel. I mean, it sounds like if you're a fan of like Hunger Games or Battle Royale stuff like that, you, you don't or, got a reason not to throw some money. Mostly Big Trouble in Little China. That's my biggest inspiration. Oh, really? Yeah, again, oh, it's, well, an act, it's an action comedy. Well, you know? fuck it. Let's keep pouring the money in. Yeah. Um, this is Geekscape. We're at geekscape.net. That's our website. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Just search for Geekscape. You'll find us. I'm at Jonathan London on Twitter. You can follow me. And this uh, is Robert. I am uh, at Robert J. Peterson. Peterson spelled S-O-N at the end on Twitter. Yeah. And then, uh, guys, my, my wife is on Twitter now. Oh. At Laura L. London. That's her Twitter. Laura, the letter L, London. That's, that's her. She's, she's, she started a Twitter. So she can, she can watch all of my, my tweeting. Yeah. She can keep an eye on me. <laughs> exactly. Keep in mind, this is the woman that introduces me to other women. No more hanky panky on like. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Right. She, she wants to be there in person when she introduces me to Kenny Powers, his girlfriend. That's right. Um, this is Geekscape. You guys have been great. Thanks for listening. We'll be back very, very soon.